Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Warning. This episode contains disturbing content that is sexual and violent in nature and involves minors. It may not be suitable for all listeners. Welcome to an all-new season of the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. This season, we're diving into some of the most unusual missing person cases from the shocking disappearance of Charlie Ross to the American Diatlov Pass disappearances. Hello and welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Today on Murder Monday, we discuss the murder of Hollywood star Bob Crane. Robert Edward Crane was an American actor, drummer, radio personality, and DJ, but most known for starring in the CBS comedy Hogan's Heroes. Crane was a drummer from age 11, beginning his career as a radio personality first in New York City and then in Connecticut, then moved to Los Angeles where he hosted the number one rated morning show. In the early 1960s, he moved into acting, eventually landing the lead role of Colonel Robert Hogan in Hogan's Heroes. The series aired from 1965 to 1971. Crane ended up receiving two Emmy Award nominations. However, things took a turn for the worst. In 1978 of June, Crane was found mauled to death in his Scottsdale, Arizona apartment while on tour for a dinner theater production of Beginner's Luck. The murder remains officially unsolved. His previously uncontroversial public image suffered due to the suspicious nature of his death and revelations about his personal life. Despite all his fame and fortune, he had a sex obsession. His obsession hurt his career and possibly got him killed. The actor's son, Robert, recalls that his father's dressing room was, quote, porn central, where the star stored Polaroids, negatives, and X-rated films. Long before he met his end on the edge of Phoenix, Bob Crane had plunged from the heights of Hollywood into an unfortunate showbiz hell. But for those who loved him, it's the unanswered questions that are haunting. There's still fog, says Robert, the 68-year-old author of Sex Celebrity and My Father's Unsolved Murder. And when I say fog, it's that word closure, which I hate. But there is no closure. You live with death for the rest of your life. But Crane was a star. He was married to high school sweetheart Anne Terzian. And with his three children, Robert and his sisters Deborah and Karen. The actor used his celebrity status to meet women and then collected nude photos of them. There were no drugs, no coercion, none of that, Robert says. Women just liked him, found him handsome. They would hook up. Aiding Crane in his sexual and cinematic conquests was John Henry Carpenter, who was best friends with him. 
Carpenter was a video equipment salesperson from Sony, who was pals with Hogan Heroes, cast member, and future Family Feud host, Richard Dawson, and helped Crane acquire gadgetry to watch and make erotica long before the birth of internet porn. When asked about his co-star's addiction, Clary responds, Who cares? That's his problem. Why waste my time saying, How dare you, ladies? That is dumb. Would not think about it. All we thought was, your life is your life, as long as you're doing your job properly. So to me, at this part, it shows that Carpenter did much care about Crane. But Crane's sexual behavior affected other castmates. After having an affair with co-star Cynthia Lynn, who played Clink's secretary Helga in the first season, he moved on to a replacement, Patricia Olsen, who stepped in to play the identical role of Hilda the next year. Olsen, who went by the stage name Sigrid Valdis, excuse me, became Crane's second wife in 1970. The couple had two children, Scott and Anna Marie. But now, let us dive into the real case of the murder of Bob Crane. DNA testing wasn't available in 1978, but all roads led to Carpenter, Crane's partner in porn. Not only did cops know that the pair had been fighting, there was no sign of forced entry into Crane's apartment. It would suggest the victim knew his assailant, but there was even more damning evidence than that. At the scene, there was blood everywhere. There were traces of blood on the back of the exit door, the front door, and the doorknobs. There was a red stain on the curtain. We found blood in Carpenter's rental car and on the passenger door. It was Crane's blood type. Nobody else who handled that car had the same blood type as Crane. Type P, P, B blood, all of it. But what cops found in Carpenter's Chrysler Cordoba wasn't enough. Absent a murder weapon, detectives couldn't persuade the county attorney to issue an arrest warrant. However, 12 years later, Scottsdale Police Jim Raines uncovered a previously unseen crime scene photo that showed a speck of brain tissue in Carpenter's car. The actual tissue sample was long gone, but the image was ruled admissible by a judge, and Carpenter was eventually charged with Crane's murder in 1992. Prosecutors had an uphill battle. DNA testing the blood proved inconclusive. Witnesses came forward to say Crane and Carpenter had a friendly dinner the night before the killing. Carpenter's attorney shot down speculation that a missing tripod could have been the murder weapon, and reminded jury that there was no proof of its existence. Meanwhile, Crane's pre-deflections gave the defense plenty to play with. They suggested an enraged husband or boyfriend could have attacked the actor. Vassal doubts vengeance for an infidelity was a motive, saying, Bob was a non-confrontational guy, and these women liked him, he says. I don't think I've ever interviewed one that disliked him or was mad at him. In the end, there wasn't enough evidence to convict Carpenter, who was acquitted in 1994 and died four years later. We did the best we could, Vassal says. We went through all the evidence, talked to all the witnesses that we could, and we came up with what we came up with. A lot of the times when you have an old case like that, it's very difficult to get a conviction. It would have been a slam dunk with DNA testing. And moving to 2016, Phoenix TV reporter John Hook 
convinced the county DA to allow him access to the old blood samples so he could send them to Bode Cellmark Forensics, a firm under a previous name and owner, helped with the JonBenet Ramsey and O.J. Simpson cases. It's absolutely unheard of that a county attorney's office would allow a reporter to reopen a cold case and do DNA testing. Hook says, It made for a compelling TV special, but the testing only revealed the presence of a previously unidentified male. The rest of the results were inconclusive. Hook believes Carpenter was Crane's killer. Robert, his son, is willing to go along with the theory, but also, also pointed the finger at his stepmother, who died of lung cancer at 72 in 2007. She was in the middle of a divorce with my dad. If there's no divorce, she keeps what she gets. And if there's no husband, she gets the whole thing. The other cops have never taken these ac accusations seriously. In death, Crane got the Hollywood treatment. 150 mourners attended the funeral at St. Paul the Apostle Church in Westwood, California, including John, um, Patty Duke, John Aston, and Crane's hero's castmates. A man who'd sought love in dangerous places suddenly had it in abundance. Robert Crane, his son, does not speak to his step-siblings, and his mother and sisters refuse to talk about what happened so many years ago in Scottsdale. Time is just taking people away. So what do you guys think? Who killed Bob Crane? It remains a mystery. If you guys are interested in murder mysteries, we'd like to introduce you to our sponsor, Hunt a Killer. Hunt a Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over a course of six episodes or boxes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items, such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You use these clues to solve the ongoing murder mystery. In the final episode, you eventually catch the killer. It's a perfect game, perfect and best game for mystery lovers like you who's watching these videos. Check out huntakiller.com and use the promo code TCNS for 20% off your first box. Thank you for all thank you all for listening to this episode and we'll see you in another episode. Be sure to like this video, hit the subscribe button, follow us on Twitter at TrueCrimeNS, or on Instagram at TrueCrimeNeverSleepsPodcast. And we'll see you tomorrow for another episode. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at TrueCrimeNS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash true crime never sleeps slash message. Tune in next week for an all new episode.